listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. Happy Juneteenth. Uh, it is it is good that we are finally recognizing not just the freedom of slaves, the date, so-called date when they were told that they were free, but the ability to earn money and keep it of our own, the ability to own property and not just be property in our society, um, uh, the ability to marry, to live where you want, more or less. took about another 100 years for that, but, you know, we, we, we have struggled and we have overcome and we have succeeded by and large in most areas of gaining our freedom in spite of the odds, and we will continue to do that. The one area that we've got to get better at is financial freedom and voting freedom, the power to vote and the use of power in our country. Um, I was listening to the radio years ago when um, we used to go into the studio. And I remember on the uh, program just before mine, I forgot the name of it, but there was someone speaking and he was not from this country, um, but he was saying that the African-American is like a sleeping giant. And I remember that term, the sleeping giant, that uh, it was like he said, you know, the world is waiting for us to wake up. And it's just beginning. Uh, it's just beginning. So part of it is we have got to not only gain power, we've got to use it. Okay, we've got to use the right to vote. We've got to vote out people who would deny us that right. So if you live in a state or a county or a city where there are people, black or white, who voted against the voting rights law, whether in the Congress or voted to restrict the use of uh, voting on Sundays, the, the ability to take people to vote, the ability to do uh, uh, all the different things that we use to be so powerful. Anybody who voted against that or voted for more restrictions, you need to vote against them and get them out and put in people who are going to support what is best for you and our community. There needs to be an active, targeted campaign against anybody anywhere in this country who tries to restrict your right to vote. That, that's just real, okay? So let's not just take this as another day to celebrate Let's take Juneteenth as a day to continue, but even more effectively fight to get power and to use power for our own benefit, okay? Anyway, you're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. I am committed in this program to giving you information that will help you to become financially secure legally secure, um, protect what you have, preserve it, and then pass it on in the most 
the easiest, the most effective, saving taxes, saving legal fees, saving court costs, and delays possible. Okay, that's what we're all about at my law office, who sponsors this program. The name of my law office is Wills and Trusts, LLC. We are actively engaged in the practice of law in Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Northern Virginia. We can be reached at 240-638-2828. Call. That number is monitored uh, all day long by two different people, and we will call you back uh, and set up a time to send you. I like to send you an information form that you fill out and send back to me, and then we schedule video conferences or audio conferences where I can be specific in talking to you about your needs, your cares, and how to accomplish your objectives. So again, call us at 240-638-2828, 240-638-2828. This is the only kind of law we do, wills, trusts, estate planning, probate, trust administration. That's all we do all day long. Uh, so give us a call. also want to say happy Father's Day. Okay, I want to encourage everybody to tell all fathers, whether they're your father, grandfather, or somebody else's father, your uncles, your brothers, your nephews, um, tell them happy Father's Day. Tell them that you really appreciate all the different things that they do, often very quietly. Men often do things quietly and without fanfare. And and we need to tell them that you you see them, you see what they're doing, and that you respect them and you thank them for it. And and this should be for all men, period. They need our support. They need our recognition of what they do. I'm often struck by the unspoken and apparently unappreciated things that, that men do. Uh, sometimes I, you know, I, I watch men walking or running with their lady or their sister or whoever it is they're running you know exercising or whatever it is and and they're they're doing that together and and I'm very conscious that that man has slowed his pace so that they can be with that woman that man has slowed his pace so that that woman can keep up with him Physically, whether we like it or not, unless you are a major female athlete, most men are physically stronger and faster than most women. They just are, okay? So you may not realize it, but in order for you to keep up with his pace, he has to slow down. And he does it. He does it because he wants to be with you. And that's just an example of things that men do every day. And we need to at least acknowledge it, you know, acknowledge it. Um, uh, And just say, hey, thank you. Thank you. Let them use their muscles and pick up things. My son used to say, 
I used his muscles all the time. And I did. You know, I told him God gave him muscles to pick up things for me and my friends because I would loan his muscles out all the time, okay? But when you have a boy child, for example, get him into sports or into some activity where he can use up all of that energy. They have so much energy. Girls do too, but boys especially, and we're in a society that does not use the physical energy that men have, okay? So get them to, send them to work. They're looking for teenagers to work in stores uh, all over the country right now. Let them go out and get a job, you know? They, they need to start their adults in training. So let them learn how to earn money. Let them learn how to wake up and be somewhere at a certain time, look a certain way, do a certain thing. Uh, it makes them feel good as well as brings more money into the house, okay? Put them to work in your own home, painting, construction. Teach them how to do things, okay? Get them into sports. Not only do sports use up their energy, it teaches them how to get along with others. It teaches them how to win. It also teaches them how to lose and get up and fight again. And those are really important skills that our young men particularly, but all of us need to learn. So happy Father's Day. I say happy Men's Day and happy Juneteenth Day, okay? So let's become financially secure because that's what a lot of our work is all about. How do you become personally financial secu- financially secure and then how do you give that kind of security to your loved ones and to the institutions that are important to you? And one of the most important ways to do that is by using the law. It's by using the law, and that's what we talk about here every week because it's so very powerful. The law can help you and it can hurt you. It, regardless of your circumstance, it can help you or it can hurt you. The law impacts everything that you do. What you don't know about the law will definitely hurt you. And what you do know about it empowers you to do more and to do better and to help others. So each week, this is what I do. I do this program, and I'm available to answer your questions. That's what it's all about. So call me at 1-800, I'm sorry, 450-7876. That's 1-800-450-7876 while I'm on the air. I'm here for an hour and a half. So if you have questions about wills, about deeds, about trust, uh, what happens to property when people die, what can you do to direct that property as you want? What can you do to protect yourself and your grandmother, your grandfather, and all those things that everybody works so hard for? Call me with your questions at 1-800-450-7876 while I'm on the air, and I'll be glad to do my best to answer them. But please remember, there's no attorney-client relationship established by anything said on this program or on the websites. Uh, You really have to come to a lawyer uh, in where you live, preferably, uh, and, and get them to do your work for you. Talk to them individually and then get your documents done 
get them reviewed, and make sure they say and do what you want them to say. Okay? So you're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. And remember, you do better when you know better. So today, I thought that we would go back and kind of review many of the things that I talk about each each day, each week, I should say, but from a different perspective. I realize that there are many people, young and old, who own or who are beginning to acquire and accumulate real property. And so there are certain things I'd like to recommend that you do. Um, so, for example, if you are a homeowner, And you own your home, even if you're still paying the mortgage, okay? When you sign on the dotted line where you commit to paying a mortgage and the deed is put into your name, there is a legal document that says, Mr. Robert Jones owns this house or Ms. Beulah Jones owns this house. That's what the deed says. There may be a deed of mortgage on it, meaning that Ms. Beulah Jones has to pay pay for the house, but you own the house, okay? As far as the law is concerned, you are the owner of the house. You should have a copy of your deed. Years ago, banks used to keep the deed until you paid off the mortgage, but nowadays, that deed has to be recorded in a public place at the recorder of deeds office. So if you are 31 or 61, it doesn't matter what your age is. If you have bought a house, if you are married to someone who owns a house, if you are husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, whatever, sister, brother, and you own a house, you should have in your physical possession a copy of the deed for that house. And I want you to do more than just have a copy of the deed so if uh, uh, so that you know how to get your deed. If you, whatever county you live in, let's say you live in Fairfax County, at the courthouse, In Fairfax County, I think it's on North Courthouse Road. I'm not sure. You can look it up, though. In what's called the Recorder of Deeds Office, almost everywhere in the country, it's part of the court system, there is a place called the Recorder of Deeds Office, and that office has a copy of your deed. In Washington, D.C., it's down on, what is it, 4th Street Southwest, I think it is. In each county, anywhere in Maryland, in Montgomery County, it's on, uh, what is that street name? Maryland Avenue, I think it is. Um, Every county has a recorder of deeds office. And you can, now maybe they're opening up. You can either physically go down there, all you have to do is give them your address, and they can look it up. And they can give you a copy of your deed. It might cost you $5. I've never heard of it costing more than $5. Okay? But you should get a copy of your deed. 
And not only do I want you to have a copy of your deed, I want you to show it to your family, to your children. And I want you to show them because you're teaching them about home ownership when you do that. I want you to explain what it means. I want you to discuss with your children, even if they're young, because children are like little sponges. They absorb things. Even when they don't act like they pay any attention, they're listening. They really are. But you're training them. You are training them to become homeowners. And do this with your grandchildren, too, okay, with your nieces, with your nephews. We've got to start to create the consciousness in our own children so that home ownership, financial security, financial wealth, and freedom become an intergenerational reality. And this is where you start. Number one, you try to buy a house as quickly as you can. Buying is better than renting. Okay, I know that there are some people tell you, no, that's not true. Buying is better than renting. When you own something, can nobody put you out as long as you pay for it. When you own some something, it's yours. When you own something, in theory, it's it grows in value. So if you paid, like right now, here in Washington, D.C., a lot of our children, Grandparents and parents bought a house, $25,000. I know it because they told me about it, all right? That same house now, 30 to 40 years later, is worth five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred, even $900,000. That same house in value. So what I want you to do is get a copy of your deed and while you're at the dinner table or after dinner, maybe on Sunday or whatever, sit your children down, and even if they're little, and show it to them and say, look, baby, here's mama's deed. Here's mom and daddy's deed. This is what it looks like when you own the roof over your head. And then I want you to explain to them how you had to save money in order to put the down payment on the on the property, how you have to pay every month for 30 years. If it's paid off, explain to them every month before we ate, before we bought a car, before we did anything else, we had to pay X amount of money every month in order for there to be a roof over your head. And then explain to them that in order to keep it, we have to pay taxes to the government every year, sometimes twice a year. In Maryland, you have to, they divide it in half. In D.C., they divide it in half also. Okay? Explain to them that you have to pay insurance on the house. So if there's a fire or something, you know, you can get the money back to take care of fixing the house up. Explain to children that you have to, every month you have to pay an electricity bill, a water bill, maybe a sewage bill, whatever it is. You have to, I really want us to start having those conversations so that you are teaching your children how to own property. Because if you don't 
have that conversation, they don't know. They think, well, that's just how it is. I I remember when my children were young, um, they wanted something. Something at the store they wanted me to buy. And I was like, baby, I don't have money for that, you know? And they said, oh, no, forget it. They said, well, just go put your card in the hole by the bank and get some more money. Because that's what they would see me do. They would see me stick my card into a, a, a something on the side of a wall, and money would come out. I had not sat down and taught them that I had to put the money in before the money comes out. So teach your children what it means to own something, what it takes to own something, and why it is that you want to keep it clean, you want to keep it safe, you want to save. If you're lucky enough to have a home that has a yard, why you want to cut it, cut the grass, and how if you are ambitious and you want to buy a bigger house, what you have to do in order to maintain this one and how you're saving so that you can move to a different location, a better location where they'll have better schools and so on like that. Because remember something, if indeed things work out the way they usually do, they're going to inherit that house that you have. They're going to be the ones that have to pay for the insurance and the taxes and the mortgage and all the rest of it. Uh, my grandmother, um, I, the, I had, well, we all have two grandmothers. I had grandmother in Texas uh, taught my first cousin about paying bills. She would do, and we should pay attention to how our grandparents did things because they, 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 they made things work. Anyway, they, my, my cousin, I, I didn't live in Texas after my father was killed when I was four years old. We moved back to Louisiana. But my, 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 my first cousin, who lived with my grandmother, um, my father's sister's child, she would go. My grandmother would sit down every, every, every month, and Pat would watch her uh, write checks pay different things, the electricity bill, the, whatever the bills were, okay? And um, in those days, uh, people don't realize that, that a lot of the white stores wouldn't let women go in and try on clothes, but you could have an account. And you would, you would go and you would select the, the dress or whatever it is that you want, or, or like in my mother's case, my, my grandmother on her, on her side or her sister would send her to the store, and and she could select. She couldn't try them on, but she could select what she wanted, and then she would put it on Mama's account. So every month, you know, Mama had to write a check, you know, to pay for it. Well, my grandmother would sit with Pat. Pat lives in Aberdeen right now. Would sit with Pat and show her how she wrote her checks out. And then she would drive Pat to the different stores, and Pat would get out and take the check to the, you know, office, wherever it was, and deliver the check and pay the bills. To this day, Pat is one of the best managers of money I know. 
because my grandmother taught her. Okay? So I want you to teach your children how to be good stewards of money and protect and acquire and pass on and preserve that money. But be specific with it, okay? Uh, Things are a little different. You know, if you have to do it through online banking or something like that, we'll show them how you do that. You know, but, but show them, teach them, guide them. That's how you not just only pass on things, but preserve it. You will know that they now know how to preserve it and how to get their own stuff too. So that when you leave this earth, you have left them better off and they can build on what you leave for them because they have learned how to become good stewards of money and good stewards of property. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. Use this time, whether it's your father or not, okay, whether it's, it's your brother, your nephew, your best friend, your boyfriend, your just guy friend, and just say, hey, thank you. Thank you for watching out for me. Thank you for protecting me. Uh, thank you for uh, being there. Uh, as a friend, those are important parts of our community, of our society, and of our well-being. And we don't often get the opportunity to say thank you. Well, you can always say it, but we don't often think to say it. So I want to encourage everyone to say it to the men in your life. Say it to the young men, especially, who are doing their best in most instances, trying to do their best. And it's tough. It's tough. So encourage them by telling them that they that you appreciate them. It, it's important. Men, I often think, live in a world that's different from women. They, they see things differently. They experience it differently. <clears throat> and yet their experience is valid. It's important. And we need to sometimes listen a little bit more to what they have to say. You know, women, we run off at the mouth quite a bit, and we don't always listen. So um, let's just try and have more dialogue together. But most importantly, let's say that we appreciate them. That's important. I, I happen to think that's important. So welcome. Welcome to Law Talk. Welcome back to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. This program is brought to you each week by... My law office is called Wills and Trust LLC because the only type of law we do is to prepare wills, trusts, power of attorneys, advanced medical directives, and associated documents. We prepare deeds where appropriate uh, to go with those estate plans, and we assist people in administering estates and trusts. So give us a call at 240-638-2828. 2406382828 If you have questions about deeds about how to you know what do different things mean what are wills what are trusts what are deeds what are the different types of deeds what happens to property when somebody dies call me now while I'm on the air there are no dumb questions so don't be afraid to call and ask your questions I really want 
this information out there because it makes such a difference when people use the law to empower yourself. It's there whether you use it or not. So call me while I'm now now here on the air at 1-800-450-7876. Call early so I have time to respond. But remember, this is educational and informational only. There's no attorney-client relationship established by anything said on this program. But call. You can at least get really good information. You, there are. I have two websites that are full of information that are up 24-7. Go to willsandtrust.net. Wills, that's plural, and A-N-D, trust, plural, dot N-E-T. And there's a wealth of information there about what's a will, what's a power of attorney, what's a trust, how they're used. So go there. You can do some research there and find out a whole lot of good information there. The website for this radio program is called lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com. And there, there's also a wealth of information of guests that I have had on over the past seven years. Information, there's a lot of audio there. There are a lot of links to my guests. So please do feel free to make use of those um, those, those uh, resources. They're there for you, it's free, so please do make use of it. In the last part of the program, I talked about how important it was for you to um, teach your children about home ownership. And I recommend it that you get a copy of your deed this is your deed, whether you're paying a mortgage or not, it's yours. You own it, you can sell it, you're paying for it, it's yours, okay? You just owe, owe debt on it, but it's yours. So I recommend it that you might get a copy of your deed, that you show it to your children, that you explain to them how you manage to save to put the money down to get the house, how you have to pay every month, and what the other things are that are part of home ownership, paying taxes, insurance, uh, you know, all, all the different things that go financially with being a homeowner. What you're doing is training them how to be responsible adults themselves. Even if you don't own your house and you are renting, I recommend that you sit your children down. And explain to them, I am renting here. This is what it takes in order to keep a roof over your head. I have to pay $500 a month, 700 whatever your rent is. I have to pay that every month to such and such a person. You have your lease, which you should have, okay? Show it to them. Show them where you take the rent or how you pay it online. Show them how you have to pay for electricity, for heat, for gas, whatever bills you have to pay in order to keep your, your rental uh, unit. You're teaching them how to be responsible, financially responsible adults. If you have a car and you're still paying on your car, show them 
You should have the title to your car, okay? You're supposed to have your registration there. Tell them, I have this car, but every month I've got to pay $300, whatever it is, even if you're renting. Show them, tell them, teach them. This is how you create intergenerational wealth. It's not just leaving the money to them or property to them when you die. It's also training them what to do with it and what it takes to be a responsible adult, what it takes to be able to drive around in whatever car you have or what it takes to have a roof over your head. So that's very, very important. I want you to teach your children and also teach them about credit. If Even if you don't have good credit, tell them, look, when you buy something on credit and you don't pay it on time, then there's a ding on your credit. And so you have to do these different things to make it better. And that's what I've been doing. I've been trying to get my credit better so that the next time I go and buy something, I won't have to pay so much interest on it. And do your best to try and explain these things to your children. We need to know this. You know, ideally it would be nice if it was taught in school. It's not taught in school, okay? But you can do this because you have to do this every day. You pay in your bills every day or you'll be out on the street. You're paying somebody rent or mortgage. You're paying somebody electricity. You're buying food. So teach your children. That's what it takes to be an adult. Teach your children. That's what it takes to be an adult. I've been talking about how to train your children about financial things that are so critical. And a lot of times we don't do it. Uh, But I think we need to do, we need to tell them, teach them about mortgages, about what it takes to own something and what it takes to um, preserve it, protect it, and pass it on. I tend to read a lot. And so one of the things I notice, and I like reading biographies, uh, Tony Robbins once said that uh, success leaves clues. And so I'm always curious to find out how is it or what is it that wealthy people do that some of us don't do? How is it that right now I'm reading the story of Thomas Mellon. It's called The Judge. Um, the Mellon family is, at least as of a couple of years ago, one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest family in the United States. Um, and I was curious to know, well, how did that happen? What did they do that was so different, you know? And one of the things that I that, that they talk about, in addition to believing that your duty is not just your right, but your duty is to uh, acquire property and to grow businesses and to grow in wealth and uh, financial success and security and Uh, by owning land first and then homes and then uh, getting into businesses, building and construction and so on. That's part of their belief system. Um, I don't pass any judgment on that. But uh, one of the things that Thomas Mellon, who founded this 
family dynasty also believed was that teaching his children, he had boy children, and I think four, and um, he taught them and he put them in charge of different businesses. When they were teenagers, he made them not just work, but he actually put them in charge of them. He made them responsible for them. He, of course, kept his eye on him, and he would give advice. Um, and when he loaned them money, like he might loan one of his sons $10,000 to start a business or to go into a business, he made them pay him back. In fact, he gave them harsher terms than he gave to anybody else, and they had to pay him back because he felt that family and money often go awry if you don't keep it business. But the thing that struck me is that he insisted that his sons, and this was in the 1800s, so, you know, it was just boys that manage money, uh, that his sons, at in teenage, as teenagers, he took them out of school and put them in charge of buildings, construction, so they had to learn not only how to do it, but how to manage people, how to manage money, how to manage businesses. So whatever you can do to pass on the how-tos to your children, to your grandchildren, do it. Pass on the knowledge, not just the property, okay, or the money. Pass on the knowledge as well. So let's go on to talking about the documents, the legal documents that are important for you to have. Again, you're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. Um, and each Saturday, I try to bring you practical information that you can use in your lifetime, in your life, okay, every day. Let's say you are, let's talk about young people in your 30s. And, um, you just found out that you're going to have a child. If you're a young man, congratulations. Young lady, congratulations. But now there is another person who is dependent upon you. What do you do from a legal point of view? From a financial point of view, you got to work. Okay? you got to get to work. So... Get your job, do, do, do whatever you're doing. And what I recommend to you is that whatever job you have, hopefully it offers some kind of benefit, some kind of life insurance policy that you can get as part of your work, uh, okay? And even if it doesn't, let's say you, you're stringing together two or three jobs, you, you're doing Working in McDonald's, you're working in a store, you're, you know, you're hustling. You're trying to get money and you're trying to save it because you're a young man. You are now a man. you got a child coming. You have responsibilities, okay? So you're saving your money. But what I recommend you do is get a good life insurance policy. You're young. So a term life is the least expensive thing that you can do. And I was told once by an insurance broker that you never get less than $100,000 in insurance. 
you're going to get a life insurance policy that you want to give money if, God forbid, you die before a particular person who you are responsible for, whether it's your child, your your wife, your whoever, always get at least $100,000 in coverage. And if you're in your, in your early 30s and you're healthy, you can get $500,000 to a million dollars in term life insurance at a reasonable rate because the insurance companies don't think you're going to die anytime soon. Okay. So get that policy at the very least, at the very least name your children or your child as the beneficiary, preferably have a will done. And if you can afford it, a trust done, a trust is a document that says, I own everything that I have. I am my own trustee and my own um, beneficiary. But if I die, I name someone else to take over whatever is in my trust for the benefit of my child. So let's say Mr. Jerry Hunter owns, has a child or has one on the way. He's 31 years old, just found out, married or not, he's got responsibilities now. So he goes to and, and either at his job or an insurance broker, and he says, I got a child coming or I just had a child or I've got one or two children, whatever it is, I want a million-dollar life insurance policy or I want a $500,000 life insurance policy. I'm young, I'm healthy. You know, you make the application, go to a AAA company, get the best insurance company you can because you want somebody that's been around for a while and is going to stay around for a while. So you can look them up online. You can find out is the name of the company that your agent is is, uh, recommending to you. Look them up online and see their insurance companies are rated. So make sure you got a good company that you're doing, getting your policy with. And set up the payment, uh, if you can, automatic payment deduction from your, your checking account. Then go to a lawyer and get, at the very least, a will done. And in that will, leave what you have to your children and name an adult. It can be your father, your mother, your sister, your brother your best friend, the mother of your child, you know, name an adult who you know is responsible and who will take care of the money that you're leaving and use it for the benefit of your child. Okay. had given an example of a 31-year-old. I used a man. It could be a woman. doesn't matter. A 31-year-old man who just learns that he's about to be a father and He's got responsibilities now. So I recommended that he go and get the biggest life insurance policy that he can reasonably afford. Term policies are the least expensive. He's still relatively young. Hopefully he's in good health, and so he can get a good rate on a good policy. I was told by an insurance broker one time that you should never get an insurance policy for less than $100,000. Uh, and in fact, if you're that young, 
try and get a five hundred thousand or a million dollar policy, you might be surprised at how how little the difference in premium is between those two. But whatever it is, get it, get it from a AAA. Well, the AAA policy, uh, I'm sorry, insurance company, get it from a reputable insurance company that's been around for a while and is going to be around for a while. So your money just doesn't go poop, you know. And then at the very least, name your children as the beneficiaries. The best thing, however, would be to do a trust and then name your trust that you've created for your children as a beneficiary of your life insurance policy. So, for example, I forgot, Mr. Jerry Hunter, I think I used his name, uh, and he has a, he's 31 years old. He just found out that he's a father, goes and gets an insurance policy. He also goes to a lawyer, and this is where I really want you to do. This is what I want you to really do. I want you to get a will done, preferably get a trust done, okay, a will and a trust. Go to an estate lawyer who does wills and trusts. The best solution is to get a trust done with what's called a pour-over will. Name your children as the beneficiaries after your death. Name a responsible person to manage the money from that policy and any other assets that you might be leaving for your children. It could be your own father. It could be your best friend. It doesn't have to be a relative. It could be the mother of the children if she's responsible. Uh, if she's not, then don't name her, you know, but name somebody that's going to be responsible and that's going to be, that is trustworthy, not going to steal your money, okay? And you can change it. You can change it. And then have your lawyer create your trust and say, this, this is, after your death, it creates the Jerry Jones Children's Trust, okay? Jerry Hunter Children's Trust. And then you're... You, Name the Jerry Hunter Children's Trust as the beneficiary of your life insurance policy. And what that does, it tells the insurance company that when you die, pay that money into my children's trust. It's called a subtrust that's created after your death to hold the money that you've left for your children. And you have named somebody to be in charge of it. They're called the trustee of that trust. is isn't created until after you die. It receives the money. And in the body of that trust, you have said in your document, pay for their education, pay for their housing, pay for whatever they need, help them get started in business, and maybe give them $20,000 when they graduate from college, uh, give them 20% when they're 25 years of age, 30% when they're 30, and all of it when they're 35 or 40 or whatever. You can design it like you want. But what you've done then is you have arranged for your children to be wealthy. You see? You've arranged it using insurance as one of the mechanisms to do that. And if you have taught your children how to buy a home, how to pay a mortgage, how to have good credit, how to spend and save their money, how to be responsible, then you have set the foundation for intergenerational wealth. 
That's how it's done, okay? And it's done over and over again by people who are responsible, people who use the expertise of lawyers to create this for them and for their children. And you know that you've done what you need to do. Now, let's say you also have an issue with what would happen to who would have custody of your children if you died before they were adults and able to be on their own. So remember, there are two different things we're talking about now. I was talking earlier about taking care of the money that you're leaving them. And of course, this could include your house and everything else in the trust. But sometimes people, unfortunately, have biological parents of their children who are not the best persons to have physical custody of their, parent, of their children. The biological parent always has priority, as far as a court is concerned, in having physical custody of the children. And with that physical custody often comes guardianship or management of their money if the other parent has not taken these appropriate steps. But let's, let's just go back to, let's say, God forbid, the, the, the parent, the other parent, whether it's male or female, is an abusive person, or maybe a drug addict or alcohol or uh, gambling, you know. Maybe they uh, associate with people you don't want your children around. You can have a lawyer prepare a will and or a trust. And in that will, you can say, if I die before my children become adults, I would ask the court or I ask the court to appoint and then you name who you would want to raise your children. And you can say, I ask for my sister, my whoever, okay? My mother, my father, my their God, in some instances, because I do this all the time for people when it when it's when it's appropriate, and they say this. Uh, my my uh, the godparents often people name godparents who they believe would be great at raising their kids if they died first. Uh, and and um, and you can say because I believe that they would provide a better, more secure environment in which to raise my child. And in some instances, I have actually put in the will that my, the biological parent is abusive or is, associates with irresponsible people or, you know, something to tell the court. You're talking from the grave, basically, and you're telling a judge that the biological parent is not suitable to have physical custody and control of your children. You can do that, and you should do that if that is appropriate. Now, a court is not bound by that. Uh, they, they can look at other instances, and they, the, the parent in charge can come and show differently, you know. Um, but if you don't do that, if you don't do that, then the court is going to give those kids to 
their biological parent. And that probably is not the environment in which you may want, in certain instances, your children to grow up. And often, if you don't have a will, at the very least, naming somebody else to manage for your children uh, and, and a trust or something like that, if you don't have it, the court is going to also say that that same parent will have control over their money. And that can destroy, in, an, in certain instances, the financial security and safety that you want to maintain for your children. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. I come on every week to explain and be available to answer questions about wills, trust, and estate planning. Give me a call now. We're getting into the last break of the day. Uh, 240, I'm sorry. On the air, it's 1-800-450-7876. 1-800-450-7876. If you have questions, you have to call soon and quickly so that I can answer them. Um, the, the other documents that I want you to have, regardless of your age, of course, is your last will and testament, your power of attorney, and your advanced medical directives. Your power of attorney and your advanced medical directives are also important documents that control your assets while you are alive and control who has access to your health information and who can make decisions for you if, God forbid, you become sick and unable to make those decisions yourself. The name of my company is Wills and Trust, LLC. We prepare wills, trusts, power of attorneys, advanced medical directives, we review deeds, and we try to make sure that your property is able to pass quickly with the least amount of cost and expense and taxes and so on like that to those that you want. We also try to help you to protect what you have spent your life uh, acquiring and to make sure that it goes how you want it to go when you can no longer use it, okay? So I've spent the day, this program, talking about and hopefully giving you ideas about how you can train and educate and guide your children, grandchildren, nieces, and nephews. This is the kind of thing I wish they taught in school, but since they don't, you can do it. If you've paid a mortgage for 30-odd years, you know enough to teach your children. You should not only be proud of it, but you should make them understand what it takes to have a roof over their head that nobody can take put them out of. You should teach them how to pay the taxes, pay the insurance, and, you know, every month that has to be done. That's how you ensure that they will know how to do it and that they will do it. You know, even if they're disgusting teenagers right now, because teenagers can be a pain, but even if they are, they are young adults. They're learning to be and will be adults one day. And if you teach them these things, you can be much more sure that they will be able to make it in this world. 
So this is the kind of information that you need to make it in this world, to be able to be free of unnecessary restraints and to be able to acquire and hold on to money, assets, to have homes, to live where you want to live, things of that sort. This is how it's done. And, you know, this is teaching. So just before the break, I I promised that I would try to uh, tell you quickly about the other two primary documents. Uh, But let me summarize first. Call me at 240-638-2828 if you'd like to have these documents done for you. 240-638-2828. You need a last will and testament. You need a power of attorney. You need a medical directive. And if you own a home, you need to have a lawyer look at your deed. Get your deed and look at it. A lot of times we're able to do things to deeds that will make it pass the way you want without having to go through probate. Sometimes we can do this. A lot of times we can in some states, not in all, but in some states. It's worth a look, okay? It's definitely worth having a lawyer to look at it and if necessary or if appropriate, prepare the transfer on death deed or life estate deed or whatever it is. that will make life much easier and quicker for those that you leave behind. Anyway, you need your last will and testament. We've talked about that, particularly today with reference to if you have minor children. Anybody that has a child, regardless of your age, needs to have a will. They need to have life insurance. And they need to, you know, make sure that that money and that property goes where you want it to go and how you want it to go. If you own a home, you need to have a will. You have a will that says, this is what I want done with my home when I die. And if possible, and you have life insurance, enough life insurance, and if you're young, you can get get, get term life. It's least, it's least expensive, and it will provide the money to keep your children in your home. Uh, so do it. Okay, you can do that. There are insurance agents out there that will sell you good insurance. Make sure it's a good AAA company. Check it out online. How's that insurance company that they're selling rated? Um, And then get it so that it comes automatically out of your check. Put a copy of the policy where your children can see it or where the adult in charge of it can see it. Get your will done. Get your medical directive, which is the document that says who can talk to your doctors and make decisions on your behalf if you're not able to make those decisions, if you're in a car accident, if you get COVID, if you have a stroke, a heart attack, uh, diabetes. It could be any number of things that render us unable to manage financially and legally in our own best interest. You need to have a medical directive and you need to have a power of attorney. Power of attorney says, I've named somebody. This is the name that I say they can have access to my bank accounts because I trust them. They can sign my checks. I know they're going to pay my bills. They're going to pay my mortgage or my rent or whatever is important to maintain your yourself and your children in 
the manner in which you have been able to provide for them. You want to have a person that you know and you trust to be there to do that. And you do that with the power of attorney, the advanced medical directive, and your last will and testament. You've been listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. Uh, the only type of law we do is wills, trust, and estate planning. We help people to administer probate estates. Uh, we help people to administer trusts. So give us a call at 240-638-2828. Uh, I'm trying to get – I'm not sure they're going to be on. I sent an invitation to the Office of uh, Elder Abuse uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, because I've learned recently that they prosecute people who abuse elders. And I want you all to have that information as to what's available if you are someone you know or you suspect is being abused. So they may be on next week. I haven't heard back yet. I talked to their lawyer. She had to get permission. But they may be guests next week. Um, and if not next week, then sometime soon, I'm hoping that I can get them on the show. In the meantime, give me a call if you or someone you know wants to have their will done, their power of attorney, their advanced medical directives, to have someone look at your deeds, to prepare a trust for you, give me a call, 240-638-2828, 238 if you have not already had your COVID shots, go get them. It's really important. There's a new strand that is even worse that's growing in the U.S. So don't be um, complacent and think, well, it's over. I don't need to deal with it. Okay? So get your COVID shot. That's important. Keep your eye on the prize and vote. <laughs> 